Welcome to Never Have I Ever, the film review podcast with a twist. In each episode, we review a classic film with two guests, a diehard fan and someone who's never seen the film until now. I'm your host, Sidat, and this is episode three. For this episode, we're talking about a film with a legacy that spans three decades. From movie sequels to remakes to a hit Netflix series, the 1984 film Karate Kid has captivated generations with iconic scenes and training montages that make us believe that maybe we could kick some butt too. The tale of a new teen in town facing bullies, finding romance and learning the art of karate thanks to a mysterious mentor was a smash hit raking in $90 million at the box office on an $8 million budget. What studio execs once thought would be a quiet success has become a global sensation, mixing 80s nostalgia with a classic underdog story. With the four series of the Cobra Kai spin-off topping Netflix charts, the story still proves its enduring appeal. So we're taking it back to where it all began with the first film. Joining me to discuss the film is a diehard fan. I'm Joey and I'm based in Los Angeles, California. And someone who's never seen the film before. Uh, My name is Boris and I live in London. And this is your first time watching The Karate Kid, right? Yes, first time ever. Uh, When I was younger, I think the The remake was kind of trending at some point, but I never really took the time to watch it. So yeah, this is the first time watching the OG and I've never watched the the remake, most recent one as well. Yeah, so just generally, what type of films do you gravitate towards? Like what type of films usually capture your interest? I mean, it will be split into two. First category will be the summer blockbusters, you know, the huge, Marvel Cinematic Universe or whatever. And on the other hand, I will watch things that are not so old, but old enough that there are enough reviews that I can actually know before watching that actually this is a good movie. So that will generally be things that Nolan or Fincher or Scorsese made. Yeah, that's a really hard question, but you know, things like Groundhog Day, We'll, we'll always watch, you know, like if The Karate Kid was on regular TV, if I didn't already own it, definitely. Um, any Marvel film, <laughs> any Marvel film, we love action, uh, any sort of like Tom Cruise or um, Mission Impossible, something like that. You know, so I really do enjoy action films, but I do actually love a really good story as well. So I'll look at anything like... Um, while you were sleeping is one of my favorite you know love little cute little love films it's actually one of my top five favorite movies so it varies for sure karate goes into the 80s what was it like going into that world it's a very 80s movie yeah yeah uh first of all i was surprised by the quality right like in my mind like the 80s just gonna look like crap uh but then i was like oh this this looks good this is in hd uh i think people who watch a lot of old movies probably don't have that feeling but for me since i literally never watched things from the 80s and 70s it's like oh this this looks good so from my understanding you saw karate kid when it came out in 1984 um 
Do you remember that first time seeing it, like going to cinema? I do. I do, and, re and I grew up in New Jersey, and so we had a, um, there was a barn theater that you, you know, you had to stand in line at 5.30 to get tickets, because they didn't have tickets back then, you know, you had, your dad had to stand in line if he, you know, had a job that would allow that, um, and by the time we got to Karate Kid in 1984, they had opened up a five-plex in our, in our town, and it was such a big deal, and I remember definitely seeing it there, because they had definitely opened that place by then. And then um, we saw it opening night. My dad was very big on opening night, very big on it. And um, we saw, you know, films that we knew that were going to be good or something that he was super interested in. We definitely would see it on opening night. And um, I know I saw that film anytime. It was came out in the summer. And so when people would come to visit us during the summer, you know, they would say, what do you want to do? There's nothing to do in Flemington, New Jersey. And so they would say, <laughs> let's go to the movies. And we'd say, have you seen Karate Kid? And so we would take him. I think I saw it at least four or five times in the theater. In terms of the film, um, did you have a lot of expectation for it before it came out? Were you seeing things about it and thinking, oh, this looks interesting? Um, well, The Outsiders had come out and Ralph Macchio was adorable, of course. And, um, you know, it was it was definitely touted. I don't remember the trailer exactly, but I do remember it being touted as a Rocky film. And I know that's why my dad took us to see that, because he loved Rocky. And those types of, you know, like it's gonna it's gonna be great at the end, and the underdog's gonna win. Um, so I don't remember having an expectation. My dad would pick a movie, and we would go see it once or twice a month. We would go see some sort of a movie at the movie theater. So, you know, as you've said, it's got that underdog story. It's the guy, you know, he wins out at the end. Do you remember the atmosphere, like in the theater watching it? they were cheering they were absolutely people were so into it because you know you don't realize that he doesn't actually begin his training until a, an hour into the movie and so you know it's you're, you're just waiting wondering like what is going to happen you know with with regards to this and and of course you fall in love with um with with mr miyagi because he's funny and he's silly and he you know he slaps him in the head and he's just you know he's just there's a lot of comic-y things that he does that you're just falling in love with with the story and then you start getting into you know the the end part and you're not quite sure right up to the end if he's gonna if he's actually gonna win or if they're gonna be more realistic and say yeah that other kid's actually gonna gonna kick his butt in the end you know and especially since he's injured and stuff but the build-up is just incredible and so i remember that at the end everyone absolutely you know as he's saying you know mr miyagi i did it you know everyone was <laughs> definitely clapping for sure it's it, it was very feel good and everybody was really excited by the end what is it about the karate kid that people love? Wow, wow, that's a really good question. Um, the feel-good part of it, of course, you know, I think it's timeless. It's definitely timeless. My nephew is eight years old now and he he does jujitsu and so forth and so he he was you know, he, he loved it as well. You know, we made him watch Cobra Kai and all that kind of stuff too and then we showed him the Karate Kid and he was riveted. It's just a timeless classic where you're, where you're just not quite sure where this is going to go and so much goes on and so many different things happen. And honestly, things that were said in the movie are, are, are said to this day, whether it's a joke or not. Wax on, wax, wax off. on, wax off, breathe in, breathe out, wax on, wax off. 
Oh, I don't think you can really like avoid those references. I don't, I can't say where, but definitely I knew that, okay, this kid is going to be the frail one. This is going to be the master. This is his mom and all that. Just different things that, you know, different jokes that Mr. Miyagi especially said. I mean, they still resonate today and they still are part of what wasn't, you know, their pop culture wasn't really a thing back then, but it, it's turned into absolute modern day pop culture. So let's get into the film. We begin with New Jersey teen Daniel LaRusso moving to Southern California with his mum. Once they arrive in their apartment, a leaky faucet prompts Daniel to seek the building superintendent. And that's where we first meet Mr. Miyagi. Hey, you the maintenance man? Hey. Yeah, we're the new people in apartment 20. Yeah, faucet's really leaking there. It was very mysterious, very, you know, not, not really sure if he was going to be a nice guy or if he was going to be tough or if he was actually even going to help, who he was going to help in this whole situation. You know, it was funny because he, he was doing that little fly thing. You know, he was trying to catch a fly. We know what the heck is he doing? But he also looked very gruff, like, don't bother me. You know, so you weren't really sure if he was going to be a good guy, a bad guy. Well, did you come fix it? I... Can I tell my mom when? When what? When are you going to fix the faucet? After. After what? After, after. Daniel, he finds out from his neighbor that everyone's kind of having this end of summer bash at the beach, right? Everyone heads down. Uh, he's playing football there. He meets Ali, starts talking to her. Her boyfriend comes in riding in on his uh, motorcycle, is not impressed by what he sees and, uh, you know, starts uh, starts kind of arguing with Ali. Daniel steps in and they have that first altercation. So when you saw the introduction of that character, Johnny, what did you think of him? Well, I mean, typical bully, right? Like, <laughs> you can't be more of a bully. Uh, he's tall, bigger than the other boys, richer than the other boys. He has a gang of motorcycle people, like just typical bully. Like I didn't necessarily have any strong feeling against him because he's a kid as well. So, you know, they're just teenagers. They're, they're not, they don't yet know what life is. Uh, hopefully when he grows up, he's not going to keep being a bully. Um, but yeah, I was just like- Cobra Kai for that. Cobra Kai. Yeah, you need to watch. Cobra oh, so Kai. there is a Cobra Kai is a continuation. It's them oh. when they're adults, and then they're teaching kids karate. So when I watched it a few years later. I remember going, "What is, what is Johnny's backstory? You know, what is his deal, man? You know, because he's pathetic in his own way, and the and the insane thing to me is that." 30 years later, these producers and writers picked up on the fact that he was all, he was pathetic. There's something more to be said about Johnny. And when we went to watch Karate Kid, cause I didn't know it was on YouTube. I had no, no idea. Came on Netflix and I said to my husband, you wanna see the cheesiest thing we're ever gonna see? Because when has there ever been a reboot that hasn't been the most cheesy thing you've ever seen? And super campy. Turned it on and I looked at him and I went, this is unbelievable. 
they are actually answering all the questions. Am I the only one that had these questions? Clearly not. At that point, I mean, that's kind of introducing that they're going to have, you know, beef throughout the whole film. But what did you think of its introduction and also just the general theme of, of like bullying throughout the film? Well, I think I was more struck with the fact, like I said, I, you know, growing up in New Jersey and understanding that, you know, like he got in his face kind of a thing. And, um, you know, he was trying to stand up for the girl and everything. And he sucker punched him at one point, you know, because he pushed him down. He gets up and he sucker punches him in the face because Daniel's trying to prove himself to these bunches of people. I think the worst part of that for me is when Freddie walks away from him and they nobody helps him. Nobody really helps. I mean, Allie tries to help him. Allie always, you know, can I help you? Or, you know, he's just like, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. And her friends encourage her to take him away. But, um, you know, to go with them. But Freddie and the other boys, are they leave him there on the sand alone. A new kid in town. I was more offended by that than what the what the boys did to them. Like, clearly they have this no mercy thing. And they say no mercy right at the beginning of the movie. And you find out what that theme is. Daniel has another running with Johnny and his pals. Determined to stand up for himself, he visits the Cobra Kai dojo, where he's introduced to the karate teacher, Chris, who happens to mentor Johnny and his group of friends. Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, sensei! Hey, does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, sensei! You get a very clear sense that this this is where these kids are getting this from. That that teacher is kind of messed up. <laughs> I mean, I remember when I was a kid, my parents put me into martial arts classes as well, and it was all about defense, right? It was all about even though I sucked, it was all about you. Know, if someone tries to punch you, this is how you you protect yourself. Uh, but that guy is literally teaching them. Yo, you need to beat up people. Uh, this is... After surviving another beatdown from the Cobra Kai crew, Daniel's laying low and decides to attend the Halloween dance where he meets his crush, Ali, there. Once he spots Johnny in the bathroom, he revenge pranks his foe, leading to a Cobra Kai chase down of five guys versus one Daniel LaRusso. I always remember thinking when Daniel puts the puts the water into the you know at halloween you're going like why are you why are you poking the bear like why are, what is wrong with you that's his jersey in him and i understand that too that was the jersey he had to get back at those kids and that really screwed him up you know if he would have just left him alone they might have left him alone we don't know but then there wouldn't have been a movie and pat marita wouldn't have come out and uh, and kicked all their butts so <laughs> you couldn't leave well enough alone could you little twerk no you had to push it well, now you're gonna pay <laughs> oh, 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 how about a front kick johnny you think that daniel's gonna get away this time because he's ahead and he jumps the fence and you're like, yes, he jumps the fence. And then he, he goes to jump the next fence and just no, he just he doesn't make it. And they pummel him. They absolutely pummel him. Seeing Daniel in distress, Mr. Miyagi climbs over the fence and comes to his rescue, fending off Daniel's attackers. <clears throat> I knew he was going to get beat up like 
but he managed to run a lot. And I remember when he was running, I was like, why are you running in the fields? Like, this makes no sense. Why don't you, like, run in the streets where there are people? I remember everybody just dying laughing at that because you're not expecting it. You're not expecting this this little guy to do anything. And he just beats beats them up and um, and leaves them lying lying there and takes Daniel home. Daniel soon realizes his superintendent is quite the karate master. How come you didn't tell me? Tell you what? That you knew karate. You never ask. Yeah, where'd you learn it from? Father. Mr. Miyagi asks Kreese for the Cobra Kai students to leave Daniel alone. The two men eventually conclude that Daniel and the Cobra Kai boys should settle their dispute at the All-Valley Karate Tournament in December. With just months to go before the event, Mr. Miyagi takes Daniel under his wing as a mentee. We soon learn that Mr. Miyagi's unorthodox teaching methods serve a deeper purpose. First wash all the car, then wax. Remember, dear, no question. Yeah, I was I was happy that he discovered that, right? I was happy that that's when he was like, Oh yeah, I'm actually strong now. And you can tell when he was then leaving the house, he wasn't just walking, he was walking and doing all these moves, uh, leaving the, the dojo and it was like, Yeah, I'm happy for this game. The scene it always brings absolute tears to my eyes when he shows him his muscle memory and shows him exactly, and then just bows and says, come back tomorrow, you know. Show me penta fence, up, down. Up, down, up, down. Other side, look eye, always look eye. Show me penta house, side, side. Knucklist, side, 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 side. Yes. Show me wax on, wax off. Get! It's just, it's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant how they came up with that, you know. And um, and when he, like I said, at, at the end of that scene, after he does all of them, and then he combines them all, all the different moves, right down to the end, he just stops bows his head and he you know you know look I look I and he smacks him on the head look I always look I and then they bow and he says come back tomorrow and, and and Daniel's just like what just happened and we're all going what just happened it's I think that nobody really watching it understood what was happening until he showed him exactly what he was doing for him. Daniel takes Ali on their first official date, but when he arrives at her Beverly Hills home, he starts to feel a little self-conscious. I will. You uh, live in Encino, Daniel? What? Encino? No. Where do you live? Um, out like uh, Reseda, you know. And that's your mother? Yeah, yeah, that's her. She's uh, waiting for us now. We better get going. Another thing this film touches on is is class, like class differences. Um, how did you think of how the film handled that? 
you know, those types of 80s films always made a really big deal out of, you know, the, the, the rich hating the poor and the poor, you know, wanting to be, you know, more, you know, like, like uh, pretty in pink and that kind of thing. You know, she would drive through the town and find, try to, to, you know, look at all the houses that she wanted to live in. And so, so they exaggerate it, you know, of course, in, in, in a little, in a lot of ways. Um, but there's still a, definitely a snooty, you know, there's definitely a snooty way about people that live in, in the, in the hills versus people that, you know, might live in the apartment row down in Reseda. To me, it was just like, this is real life, right? Like, I, I didn't expect it from the movie, right? Like, as I said, I was expecting something really, really flat. And there it was, even though they didn't go too deep into it, like just having that, the discomfort of the kid, Daniel, having to, you know, push his mom's car in front of the rich parents of the girl he likes with her in the car, uh, like, he was really embarrassed, right? And the mom didn't care because, I mean, she's an adult, so she knows that she's not rich and those other people are rich and she's going to live her life and enjoy it. Whereas the Daniel, as a teenager, like, he, he, he maybe doesn't yet understand that and he was quite uncomfortable with that. And you could see on the parents that they didn't want their daughter to go with this, with this dude. Cue some teen romance and pure 80s nostalgia um it was good it was good um made me wish i was a teen again because like life was just so simple and you could feel it in the interaction they were just two kids having fun in the mall slash arcade playing games drinking milkshakes um it was actually good it was like yo this is cool life is not like this anymore we are doing things over zoom and all that uh, but, you know, when we could just be out hanging out with no calendar telling us what to do, with no, <laughs> with no notifications, nothing, just, you know. Daniel and Mr. Miyagi's relationship is one of the defining aspects of The Karate Kid. And as Daniel gears up for the tournament, their bond deepens. His, his reactions with Mr. Miyagi, their rapport um, in their acting just was so fatherly and so son, and he needed a son and he needed a father, and it was beautiful. Um, I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's why he's doing all those trees, because it, it reminds him of this and that. And then when he then gives the kimono to Daniel with the sign at the back, I was like, this is actually good. Like. It actually, like, there is actually a thread there from the beginning to now, and there is an emotional connection with between um, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel now, more than just, I want to help you get out of trouble, right? Um, I actually, I, I was surprised that that was there, and I actually liked it. I think when Mr. Miyagi and, like, he was celebrating the anniversary of... I don't know if it was the birthday or the anniversary of something, but he was celebrating an anniversary uh, with his uh, late wife. And that's when their relationship, at least to me, got really stronger because to that pr from the beginning to that point, Mr. Miyagi was always this mysterious guy who is from Okinawa, 
he doesn't talk much and he's giving you these weird assignments like wash the cars and, and paint my my fences um but at that point he he showed some vulnerability and you know that kid daniel was then there to kind of support him as well so that that at least to me that's where i was like okay there is a bit more to this movie than just you know training to go and fight like it's it's a bit deeper uh, what did you think of that revelation of kind of peeling back a bit of the character of mr miyagi and being like this is who this man is he isn't just this mysterious guy who knows stuff but he had a life before where he had a family and, and things like that yeah and again that's the that thing between like um being 14 and being and, and now you know really seeing um how vulnerable he he definitely was that he's he's not just this confucius um man who who has all this knowledge and you know father teach you know father taught him everything he was a fisherman he was he was this he could do bonsai trees he could do you know uh, karate he's vulnerable he had a life he had you know he was served in the army for for the united states um big deal you know they 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 make um they make references to a lot of really interesting things and the fact that you know she his wife and son died in man man's the man's in our internment camps and so forth and you know he says that thing about land of the free home of the brave but no doctor come you know that's really really a touching touching moment and then he passes out and it's at that point where i thought he was dead his his reactions with mr miyagi their rapport um in their acting just was so fatherly and so son and he needed a son and he needed a father and it was beautiful we also get a subtle introduction to mr miyagi's crane technique at that point did you think oh this is gonna come in this is gonna come handy later in the film no i didn't um because he sees him at first practicing this crane kick on the on the on the uh on the the tree stump or whatever that was in, you know, on the on the beach, and that's Malibu, by the way, for sure. Um, Californians know where everything is, and yeah, in movies, by the way. <laughs> um, but there, he's on he's on that thing, you know. Mr. Miyagi's doing it, and then he's he's trying it, and you're just thinking, you know, this is just something that he wants to attain. So no, I I didn't I didn't think that was going to come up later in the movie. While Daniel learns more karate, Ali faces pressure to drop Daniel. And he misreads an interaction between her and Johnny, leading to a falling out, but an eventual making up, too. Look, I'm a jerk. Let's go again. You are a jerk. So am I forgiven? Huh? Hey, I don't hear anything. <laughs> mm, sounds like a yes to me. Come here. Before we know it, it is tournament time. You just don't know. You really don't know where they're going to take this. You have no clue. And when you're first watching it, you just absolutely have no clue. And of course, it's one of those movies that you that you're still excited as you're watching it at the end. You're still riveted right to the end, wondering, is it, you know, what's going to happen? You also see the the more three dimensional things coming out, which is why the movie's so great. I don't think there is a villain in the movie besides what was the name of the karate teacher? Chris. Yeah, besides him, I think everyone is just trying to get the most out of life. At the end of the movie, he is definitely the villain, right? Like he is asking his students to play dirty to beat up Daniel. 
Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No, Sensei. No mercy. Priest is telling them to do bad things. And there's some realization in their hearts that this is not right. Some of the kids don't care, but you can see it on Johnny's face. They really make it clear that Johnny does not want to hurt him, but they're at his, they're, they're really at Crease's, they're under his spell. Um, Chris, even, even Johnny doesn't want to do it, right? Like, but he ends up doing it because his teacher told him to do it. And he, he has respect for his teacher. After Cobra Kai played dirty and severely injured Daniel, it looks like he's out of the competition for good. But Mr. Miyagi works some healing power and he comes back for one final showdown. I'm like, yo, this old man knows more about medicine than doctors. Uh, and then he fixes him and then he gets back on the ring for the final. That was fun. That was actually good. In a surprise return to the competition, a partially injured Daniel whips out Mr. Miyagi's crane kick technique in his final showdown with Johnny. cheer you absolutely cheer because the, then the music goes da, 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 and you're like ah you know and so so the the movie the people in the theater were already clapping you could barely hear him screaming mr miyagi we did it you know and the build-up to that is just incredible leading to a victory for daniel against his foe johnny and a proud nod from mr miyagi to conclude the film um and the very, very last scene when, if we can spoil, when um, Daniel wins, like Johnny is the one to pick up the trophy and give it to Daniel, right? And I, I quite like that because it meant he never hated him, right? Like there was never actual hatred. It was just competition. What would you say to somebody that has never seen The Karate Kid? So somebody that was uh, up until a couple of hours ago was was you. What would you say to to somebody who's never seen it? Someone who's never seen it, um, yeah. it would be to to at least give it a try. Like for me, if it wasn't that we had the conversation before, I would have never given either the OG one or the remake a try. Like, to me, when I hear the Karate Kid, I think family-friendly movie, it's just gonna be really, you know, soap type of movie, nothing interesting happening, no lesson to, to take out of it, just, you know, a bit of entertainment and maybe not the best quality entertainment. But now that I've watched it, I'm like, actually, it wasn't that bad. It was it was actually good. So yeah, I would definitely tell someone, just someone who is like me, right? Like who is maybe thinking, oh, this is not worth my time. It's going to be, actually just give it a chance because it's, it's actually a good movie. So it could have gone either way. They could have taken the story another way and made a sequel in that way. So it's, 
fantastic that he wins. You love that he wins. It's it's awesome. And so it it it, it ends correctly, but and thankfully it ended that way because we wouldn't have Cobra Kai the way that we do now. There's something very special about that film and how they put it all together and and and, and how they they really brought the characters to life. Yeah, I do. I I I definitely think it deserves if you ha if you haven't seen it, I think it deserves your attention. At you know, it deserves your 2 hours. And watch it I, you know, I would I would definitely watch it with subtitles if you if you can, you know, like with with you know, just to really see what they're saying. You know, I don't usually like to do that, but it's kind of important to realize what's what's really being said throughout the entire movie. It's really they didn't miss a beat. They didn't there there's so many messages in it that again, it are timeless. You can you cannot understand them as as maybe a 13-year-old or an 8-year-old or even a 20-year-old. But as you get older, there are so many messages that you can that you can take away from it and learn from and really try to be better. Would you say it's deserving of the hype? So I actually don't think it's high amongst my friends and the people I watch movies with. It's literally never. Uh, and I think that's because it has this huge family-friendly tag on, on it. It's actually an engaging movie. In my little circle, I think I would start encouraging people, hey, if you have like two hours and a half or two hours that, you know, weekend, you don't want to think too much, put this on, it's going to be good. Uh, you know, as, as somebody who loves film, you know, it, for somebody who would be getting into film, I think it would be important for somebody to look at this film for all the nuances and all of the, how deep it went. We, we want deep. You know, people should want more, more, you know, less surface characters and stuff. They should want people to, to delve and maybe make the movie just a little bit longer just so that you can hit, hit those points and hit those those uh, those things that will that will touch your heart, whether it's the first time or the 50th time you've seen it. So that concludes our Karate Kid episode. Definitely some love in the air for that film. If you know anyone who likes to wax on or off about their favorite films, please share this episode with them. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and review the show. We would be so grateful if you did. Thanks for listening and remember to join us next time to review another classic. Until then, bye.